Technically, it's three camps. We have three different encampments. Camp Brookwoods. Brookwoods. Camp Deer Run. Camp Deer Run. River Outpost. Three camps. Moreau and Brookwoods. Deer Run. River Outpost. The Three Camps Podcast. With your hosts, John Cooper and Seth Coates. Three camps. Hello and welcome to the Three Camps Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Seth Coates. And I'm John Cooper. And this is episode 24. Yeah. John, what have you been up to? Yeah, you know, it's been good. We've, uh, it's still freezing here. I mean, you know, we have yeah. tons of snow on the ground for people who care. But it's, it's, the lake is starting to show water and it is getting warmer. But if you're in a warmer spot in the country, I'll be honest, I wish I was with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, you can drive 15 minutes and there's like no snow, but here right. there's like legit snow. Yeah. Yeah. That's still at least a foot yeah. in places. Um, yeah. And then like, I guess this, this two weeks we've had kind of a lull in our conference group so we can get, we're all kind of getting projects done where we can. This is Easter week, obviously. So we always have that week uh, available and ter- or open instead of bringing in conference groups, but it's just good for like the camp family to be together and then also for us to be together with our respective families. All right. So speaking of snow, because you're going up to Maine right. shortly. So our guy up there, I was just texting with him last night and there's still like a serious, probably three foot snowpack, My goodness. but it's, we use this term in Maine and, and I don't know anywhere else in the nation that uses this and maybe there is, I just don't know it, but rotten, right? So like as the snow starts to like warm up and it rains a little bit, the snow becomes what we call rotten where yeah. it's still there. Yeah. And in the morning when the f- temperature is so low, you could still walk across it or snowmobile. But like, if you let that temp come up, like it doesn't matter how big your snowshoes are, you're going right to the bottom. It's just rotten. I love it. I mean, that's okay. So now when do you go up? Five, five weeks, five weeks from when this, when this episode drops Yeah, five weeks and I'll be there. And you're going to bring Jammer and yep. Steven. With Jammer you. and Steven go with me and we will start to crack it open one, one thing at the checklist at a time. Yeah. With uh, everyone can pray that there's no major, every time you go up there, there's always something that's always something. Yeah. 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 But uh, will the, will the roads be clear for I, you? that will be what determines it like okay. we'll may 8th is the day and it's providing we can drive to the maintenance shop if i can get there we can get to the house with the wrecks or something else right yeah if the road's not passable but um right god willing the road will be passable and we'll be able to just drive right in and for those of you rex is like a side-by-side that that's up there that's, yeah it's a good utility to have yeah you um, can punch it through a snowbank and not and we'll be able to get it back out later where your <laughs> my car might not be the same yeah. story. Uh, Rex takes a beating. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay, so we should tell listeners, with you going up in five weeks, Seth and I have some time in, in this month uh, to kind of try and make good on some of the things that we hope to get done. Um, and then you'll start to see, I know we still, like with the way things have gone, and we just, this is, as much as we love doing this, we just don't always have the time for it, but we're going to even have less time as we get closer and closer to the summer. Plus we won't be in the same spot. Right. Physically. Physically. So yeah. we, uh, we hope that uh, we can kind of keep you guys interested with, with just everything that goes out as we put, can put it out. But for now we're going to, we're going to try and uh, get us to the summer and then we can get to see everyone in person uh, in our respective locations and then be back for uh, the fall. You got it. All right. It is, 
Wait, today is, yeah, today's Tuesday. It's first Tuesday. Episode 24, baby. It's first Tuesday. Wait, 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 hang on. No, you got to say, let's get into it. (laughs) We should just leave that in. (laughs) Let's get into it. Let's get into it. It's first Tuesday. It's April. Spring is upon us. The doldrums of winter have gone with the snow piles. It's time to get my firewood decked up, make glass preparations for summer camp, whatever I need to do. Because in May, I leave for MRO. It's coming soon. And the thing that I prepare for all winter is about to happen. And the things that our summer staff are preparing to do with their summers is right around the corner. Now you may know this, but firewood in New Hampshire is a common way to heat a home. It's probably maybe a more rural New Hampshire thing than a populated area, but our family heats with an outdoor wood boiler. On my 10 minute drive to Camp Brookwoods, I pass maybe three other houses on the main road that have the same setup and probably a dozen others that just have big old wood piles outside and suggests maybe there's a wood stove residing inside their home. Those of us that heat with wood know that sometime in the spring, you wanna buy some or cut and split it, stack it, tarp it, and wait for the sunshine and the wind to do their thing. Now, if you do this process in the spring, you can buy green wood for a decent price and have it ready for the fall. If you wait too long into the summer, or worse, into the fall, you've got to buy dry wood and you pay a premium price for it. Now, a few years ago, our family was hanging out with two other families and having kind of like a Sunday afternoon barbecue. And all of our families heated with wood. And somehow the topic of getting our wood decked up for the winter came up. It became apparent that the Coates family was the only ones who had their wood all squared away for the winter. Now I'm not trying to brag, so bear with me for a minute. Our family leaves for the summer months, and by the time I return from MRO, it's very nearly time to start the wood heat up. Because of these demands on my schedule and our family schedule, it's necessary to get our firewood done in April. The other two families didn't have the same demands, and they live in the same place all year long. So there's a different level of urgency to get these things squared away in the spring. Now you might be more disciplined or intrinsically motivated than I am, but I find there's a unique tension in my life between the things that I do intrinsically and the things that I do because there's some other motivation in my life or some other demand. It's easy for me to motivate to put up our firewood in the spring when it means I will have to shell out extra dollars in the fall on top of stacking the wood in the fall and the opportunities that that's gonna take away for me to sit in a tree and practice my favorite craft and favorite fall activity. The use of our family budget and the time motivation to me make me disciplined to take care of the obligation of firewood in the springtime. Similarly, I find it easier to make time to read my Bible and meditate on it, journal even, in the months that I'm at MRO Now these are the busiest weeks of my entire year. 
and somehow it's easier to find the motivation to wake up a little early or slow down enough to crack open my Bible and consider what it says. When I'm at MRO, I do the devotional thought for the day that we do with our staff at least once a week. I will do chapel during summer camp at least once a session, and I'm often interacting with staff about the Bible studies. So the summer brings a demand to my spiritual life, and I'm realizing that I need things in my life the rest of the year that bring the same kind of demand. I have a good friend who's a camp director as well, and he teaches Sunday school at his local church for this very reason. Teaching the Bible gets him in God's word on a regular basis. And one of my thoughts with starting this first Tuesday podcast was to have another thing in my life, to put a spiritual demand on my life in the off season. I knew that writing for this would motivate me to be in God's word, and it has. Now, when I think about the tension between desire and discipline in my life, I often think of Romans 7. Paul is writing to the Roman church, and he's talking about the internal battle or tension between his desires and personal discipline to live as God desires him to live. Now, let me read part of the chapter to you. And normally, forgive me for this, but normally I would read from the NIV. But the wording in the NIV is so choppy, and I'm not going to use that one today. Today, I'm going to use the New Living Translation. Paul begins chapter 7 by talking about the law and sin. Basically, God's law in the Old Testament points out the sin in our lives. And then we get to verse 14, and he says this. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human and a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate, but I know what I am doing is wrong. This shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong, it's the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, am I really the one doing it? It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that it is at war within my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Now, Paul is talking about sin in his life. And I can tell you that these same tensions exist in my life when it comes to spiritual disciplines. I know intellectually that spending time in God's word increases my knowledge of God. I know that meditating on God's word and spending time praying through what I have been reading cements God's truth in my life. Just checking the box on a spiritual discipline is not what I'm talking about here. It's the purposeful doing of a spiritual discipline because I desire to be connected to my Heavenly Father. In college, I thought I had this tension figured out. 
I was in Bible school and always in classes that either were some book of the Bible or theology or both. And one semester, I took a break from all those classes. Instead, I took badminton, tennis, earth science, these kinds of things. My thought was that all these outside requirements were gaining me knowledge of God, but not greater experience of God. So I exit extrinsic motivations in order to let my intrinsic desires drive me to spend time with God. And in this time frame, I actually doubled down on this line of thinking and I exited my local church for six months because I didn't want the pressure from church. Now, by the end of that semester, you know what I found? I had gone a whole semester without opening my Bible or going to church or seeking out a Bible study. And surprisingly to myself, I found I was still dissatisfied with my experience of God. Now fast forward to 20 years or so, and I know that I need outside motivators to do the things that are good for me. And I'm okay with that. And I put extrinsic motivators in my life to help me with that. Because I do value spending time in God's word, spending time journaling, purposeful times of silence, and other practices that grow me as God's child. And what about you? Maybe you have great natural motivation to spend time with the Lord. Maybe I'm the outlier, but probably you can relate to this tension that I've been describing in my life between discipline and desire. Maybe you should consider committing to something that helps you motivate to do the things that you want to do. And whether you're coming to camp this summer as a staff member or living life somewhere else, remember it's April and it's first Tuesday. What's God putting on your heart? This episode of the Three Camps Podcast has been produced by Seth Coates and myself. We thank you for coming along with us on this, our 24th episode. We hope this Easter week and this season of spring is finding you well. You know, it was helpful for Seth to remind us of Romans 7. And while Romans 7 is powerful, it paints a sobering picture but then turns a corner in Romans 8. And I want to leave you with this, starting with Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through flesh, God did by sending his son. Thanks again for listening. And we wish you a happy Easter and a happy Passover. So long.